Welcome to our future in space. Do you have to be NASA to build a spacesuit? We're going to talk DIY spacesuits with Dr. Cameron Smith of Pacific Space Flight today. Find out how it's done. I'm Jeff Greenblatt, the Vice President for Science and Research at Orbital Assembly. And I'm Eric Ward, the VP of Engineering Design at Orbital Assembly. Thanks for joining us. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Our future in space, brought to you by Orbital Assembly, with your hosts, Dr. Jeff Greenblatt and Eric Ward. We've got Dr. Cameron Smith with us. He's a professor at Ford State University, where he teaches a wide variety of courses in human prehistory and evolution. Dr. Smith also designs and builds spacesuits at his company, Pacific Space Flight. He has a doctorate in archaeology from Canada's Simon Fraser University, and his research interests include Northwest Coast archaeology, evolution in general, cognitive evolution, use wear analysis, and the adaptation of humanity. He also has a master's degree in anthropology from Portland State and a bachelor's from University of Durham. Cameron, welcome to our Future in Space. Good morning, and thanks very much for having me. Our second time getting together. I think you'll show some pictures of that a little bit later. Yeah, absolutely. And we had a chance to uh, to visit and uh, try on a spacesuit. And so why don't we start there? Uh, Cameron, how did you get into making spacesuits in the first place? Well, there are two really two ways to approach that. Uh, one is that I needed one. I, I needed a pressurized garment uh, for flying to high altitudes in my balloons. And the idea was um, purely for the adventure. I wanted to uh, get away as far from the surface of Earth as I could with something that, that I built. For example, a balloon, simple technology rather than an airplane. And balloons are very good for getting to extreme altitudes. In fact, the day before Alan Shepard went up as the first American in space, uh, two astronauts basically were wearing spacesuits underneath balloon, uh, a balloon system that went up to 100,000 feet. It's a very good way to get to, to space-like conditions. So I wanted to do that and have that have that experience of uh, of experiencing space conditions in something that I built myself. There's another part which is a much more longer term future, uh, or comes from a perspective of a much longer term future. I study evolution, human evolution, and I think it's a very clear thing to make a direct link from uh, uh, from our in, our interest in the deep human past to the deep human future. Mm -hmm. And to do that will require what we call adaptation. So we know evolution, we know about the phenomenon of evolution, how it works, and that there is a particular piece of it or a particular phenomenon in it called adaptation. You can take adaptation apart into many different fields. But adaptation is basically allowing yourself to do something or survive in an environment where otherwise you cannot. And many animals do it by evolution of the body itself and its chemistry and all of its systems. Uh, he, we humans invent physical adaptations like spacesuits, spacecraft, uh, orbital, <laughs> uh, orbital uh, mm -hmm. platform, uh, orbital colonies, that sort of thing. We invent those. So uh, I had both the material direct interest in doing this myself, and also it ties into my longer term future uh, interests in, uh, for humanity. Wow. That's fantastic. I want to get deep into those long-term future aspects too, but I do want to talk a little more about space suits because I think it's really cool that, you know, uh, for, for listeners who don't know, um, I'm also in Portland. Jeff's very close by in Astoria. And so Cameron, Jeff, and I are all kind of co-located here. And, you know, some years ago, I had no idea that someone was building spacesuits here in, in, you know, my backyard. And, you know, I'm kind of curious, like, tell the audience, 
you know, how this sort of became this, this interest and, and maybe a hobby and like, oh, I want to use a balloon. This ties into my research into, you know, Pacific space flight and this, this company that, that, you know, is, is a more serious business. Sure. Well, uh, I started building these things and I was testing them and uh, learning that uh, it was not crazy. It was reasonable for me to build <laughs> pressurized suits and, uh, and then going from a pressurized suit to spacesuit includes things like thermal protection, um, uh, coolant uh, or temperature mm -hmm. regulation inside using 100% oxygen rather than just air, all of those sorts of things. And um, to fund my ballooning expeditions, which aren't exactly cheap, um, to fund that, I detected that there was a place, uh, there was a market for training spacesuits, basically, um, and training uh, 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 flying equipment that I could fill. I had learned how to build these garments. So I opened a little uh, company, uh, uh, Smith Aerospace Garments, which I use to, uh, you know, I sell these uh, uh, pressurized garments as training uh, devices for people who in particular have um, um, analog uh, uh, sites, for example, for Mars exploration. So at the University of Arizona, at the Biosphere 2, they have an analog site, and they've purchased a couple of these suits um, so that when people go outside the closed uh, ecosystem of the Biosphere uh, SAM unit, uh, separate from the large Biosphere, uh, they will be in a pressurized garment rather than just walking around in a jumpsuit, for example, as you mm -hmm. see in a lot of analog studies. Um, and subsequently, some other ones, you know, uh, uh, occasionally a balloonist like me comes along and says, hey, I'm, I'm trying to get to high altitude and need a suit. So I keep money uh, fun trickling in with that uh, to fund my own uh, research and development of the suits and my flying project. And uh, what have you, uh, who have you built suits for? I mean, so you've got customers, paying customers uh, for, for both, I guess, terrestrial and space application uh, at least training. Yeah. What are some of the people you've worked with? Yes. The SAM analog uh, station, this closed uh, environment at uh, Biosphere. Again, it's an appendix of the Biosphere. Uh, and this is, uh, is established by mm -hmm. Kai Stats at uh, U of Arizona. And we had a chance to talk to Trent Tresh here on the oh, podcast right. uh, a month or two ago. So that's right. Right. Yeah. And so Trent is also there and he's established mm -hmm. now the Center for Human Space Exploration, CHASE. Yeah at Arizona, uh, U of Arizona, very small or, uh, project right now, but he's building it. And mm -hmm. for example, I'm building three uh, training pressure suits for yeah. him so that people can pressurize these. I've also built them for a Mars analog uh, uh, station in Poland. And um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, actually that's the one that, uh, that you tried on. And I'll be going over to Poland in the spring to make some adjustments uh, and to deliver mm -hmm. those suits actually. Yeah, Jeff, do you have a picture of that? Yeah, that, that's me in this yeah. in this spacesuit. So it's for training in Poland. Um, I think that was well, the International Institute for Astronautical Studies uh, ran that project, and they uh, they ran the project in Groton, Connecticut, where I was just oh, that's a few right. weeks ago, where mm -hmm. I was uh, also for the Polish who were at Groton. I was delivering some neutral buoyancy suits. These are suits that go into a large, basically, swimming pool, mm -hmm. <laughs> and you ballast them properly, get the person uh, buoyancy neutral, uh, and you know for uh, uh, space simulation. 
Orbital Assembly is leading the way in the development of artificial gravity stations so people can live, work, and thrive in space. OAC's platforms are market category creators. They are backwards compatible with current standards, allowing for you to move from concept to production at the pace of business. To learn more, visit orbitalassembly.com. We're going to move this table here, and we're going to put you right under those lights, just like an interrogation. Oh, great. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only way to get the light. Right? Where were you on the night of February 14th? Exactly. <laughs> and left leg into seat. Okay, so I'm going to bring this over here, over to you, and we're just going to slide your left foot down uh, the leg. I assume you want me to remain seated. You can just stay right there, and I'll, I'll bring it to you. And you can start to grab the leg. And you want to try and grab the bladder in underneath as well, mm -hmm. and not just the cover off. Just make your way down into it. All right. Left leg is in. Slide right leg into suit. Ensure foot is secure inside boot. You grab the top of the boot. There's a hard lean there. There we go. You can remain standing if you feel secure. Stand suited person and draw all three suit layers simultaneously high into crotch. Okay. So what you want to do is when we're pulling this up, there's the bladder. Yep. There's the coverall there. Mm -hmm. You want to grab both of those and pull them up. And we're going to be trying to get them up so that they're snug upwards into the crotch. And I'm going to help you. But and the more we're keeping you on your own, the less personal it is when you get seated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, feeling okay? Feels pretty good. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to slowly slide your arm down here into the sleeve. Mm -hmm. When you get about three quarters of the way down here, I'm going to hold this, this hard ring. Yep. And I'm going to hold it like this, and you can literally push against me, lean against me, and wriggle your hand into the glove. Okay. And it can take 30 seconds or a minute. So mm -hmm. it's taking a while, it's not a problem. All right. <laughs> and now I'm grabbing here. I'm just going to lean against you. Hold on, should I take my ring off? Any chance getting pop off in there? I don't think it'll pop off, but you know, for safety, because we can't even find a screw in there. Maybe let's, let's it not lose your right in there. <laughs> so these start pretty snug. Mm -hmm. As the suit inflates, that creeps away from you, right? As the inflate. And these you want them pretty snug because you don't want the gloves to be far away from your hands. Even a millimeter. <laughs> and you're starting to lose your tactile sense. Yeah. yeah. So if it's not painful, if it's tolerable but snug, then we're just right. Okay. Yeah. And um, how do we make it more snug? It can be adjusted. Because we can probably go a little bit more snug. Okay. So I will adjust these. I think actually we come to that a little bit later. Glove uh, palm length is a little bit later, so we will come to that. No, that's fine, that's fine. Yeah. But I think I've got my whole hand in there, so. Your hand is in, mm -hmm. and you're feeling no points of, of pain. Correct. Okay. You can have discomfort, but pain we should be aware of. Understood. Because <laughs> the discomfort, and as soon as it pressurizes, immediately leaves. Like if it's there's a fold wrinkled into you, yeah. it's going to come out. Yeah, yeah. But if something's sharp or poking or pinching or cutting off circulation, that's, that's a difference. Okay, yep. Okay. That's over the shoulder. Slide right arm into sleeve carefully and slowly 
So same as the Mr. on this one. Yeah. Hold cover. A little bit more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There we go. When hand is in glove, raise pressure bladder and restraint garment layers over right shoulder. Get these nice and high. Nice and high. Okay. That's all good. Everything feeling good? Okay, grasping both pressure bladder and restraint layers, lift neck ring and allow suited person to push head through. All right. So I'm gonna pull this collar up basically, and then you just kind of duck and go through. All right. You wanna wash your teeth so that they don't strike this metal off the ring. And uh, don't try to do it fast. Mm -hmm. I'll get it clear and then you, you just go on your own time. Oh, beauty. Hold on. You're in. Okay? Feeling good? Any points of pressure? This sometimes will press on your clavicles. I haven't seen that. Yeah. Okay. You can go just a little bit that way and give a light. That's good. Okay, Juliet, uh, head us through the neck area. Fair restraint and pressure bladders below rear neck area. The restraint and pressure bladders below the rear neck area. I'm going to do that now. That's all fair. Yeah, if you could oh, zoom in mm -hmm. here, it's really cool yeah, to see the pressure bladder being sealed up. Mm -hmm. And this is the seal that keeps you alive. Right. And if you point that arm forward, you'll see that brings those zipper lips together mm -hmm. by importing it forward. Just a little step like that makes all the difference in suiting up. Yep. Ensure last is, one yeah. centimeter is indeed closed. Yes, the last one centimeter is indeed closed. Tie left and pr right pressure restraint garment zipper protection cords to lower metal fasteners. Yeah, I'm going to replace those eventually with clips, but uh, for now we're still going with the knot. Mm -hmm. So this is a, this is a, you feel it grabbing the top of your yep. jacket and the bottom here. What this does is it uh, keeps some of the strain off of the zipper that I'm about to zip, the coverall zipper. Yep. It holds the coverall zipper uh, elements together, which is hard to explain. <laughs> uh, that makes sense to me. Uh, you want the zipper dealing with all that load as you're The zipper's out. job is to seal, not to yeah. hold away. Yeah. Yeah, not to hold the top to the bottom. Yep, we can start with this one. Why that is so low there? Might be this tighter than. I'm sorry? The, the right leg is tighter than the left leg. Oh, no, uh, at the thigh? Or. Well, it just feels like the from the shoulder to the foot, it's tighter. Mm -hmm. or, that shouldn't. Uh, I don't know if that's a problem or. Yeah, no, not necessarily. Okay. Uh, it's something we'll adjust in a little while. Sure. Yeah, I just want to make sizes. sure it wasn't going on. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in the restraint garment. Mm -hmm. You're in the bladder. Mm -hmm. We don't have the EVA jacket on, but you do have the EVA yep. pants and everything. And if you look at the back, you'll see how much I took in that corset. Oh yeah. 
That's, that's my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the fact that we're using a 19th century technology. Yeah, for the space You age. know, for that. Yeah. I, for some reason, I love that. Absolutely. Remove slack from right stirrup strap. Okay, so now I'm going to start adjusting all these straps mm -hmm. to your particular size. Remove slack from left stirrup strap. Same here. Got it. Yep. A sort of natural distance for you. So right now there's a little bit of tension, but not too much. Mm -hmm. Right? So just sort of move your arm about. What we're going to find is that as the suit inflates, the natural position, the, the sleeves are going to puff up and they're going to come up like this. That's what they want to do. That's where they want to be. Um, which is actually quite convenient because that's how, you know, usually where your working area is. So we keep these a little bit shorter than normal. Mm -hmm. So normally you can do this. Yeah. But we keep these a little bit shorter than normal so that your arm is, is not only maintained in that spot, but, but anytime you try and go away from it, you kind of res you're, you're prevented almost from doing that. Mm -hmm. We want to be in the neutral position yeah. rather than fighting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Perfect. Mm -hmm. So you can see even an inch makes the yeah. difference. Yeah. Adjust the suit to your taste. Perfect. I don't. This is the first time I've done. I don't exactly know what my tastes are yet. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> your tastes are developing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a whole new world. Adjust left lower arm sleeve length strap to taste. And lower that's the one that's under the little window. Okay, so your sleeve also can be adjusted. Mm. Actually, I don't need to open that. I'm open this. This strap is adjusting from the bicep down to here. Oh, and we also want that snug. Snug but not uncomfortable. Like, so I'm you, feeling like a little bit of tension yeah. on everyone. Exactly. You want to feel that your gloves are at the tip of your fingers, touching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because again, the flight yep. will go away. Yep. No, I got it here, yeah? Okay. That's I can tell first. like we still need to do this one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is my favorite one. This is the pink one. Have suited person lean left and right and just straps as needed for le leg length and torso height. Ah, yes. Uh, so you're literally? Uh-huh. <laughs> you need to feel it catching. If it's not catching, you have to remember that you're going to be blown up like a yep. balloon. And if you feel like those legs are going to come away from you at all, it'll feel really uncomfortable. This one could be tightened a little bit. It's a little bit tighter? Yeah. Then they'll at least be even. I am one of the loudest meowers about that. So the only thing I complained about the suit was that was the was the, the cross the changes it. So that's why like, these these feel farther out on my shoulders than most straps like a backpack yeah, yeah, wearing. Yeah. Yeah. But that that probably helps with that lateral force from across the strap. I wish I could explain it. I don't mm -hmm. have the explanation yet. But I also know when you're Just walking. Shit. <laughs> Here, stick your arms out. Here. <laughs> Left and right are done, and the trouser height is nice. Have suited person, extend arms forward, and slide on EVA jacket. Do not fasten rib closures. This checklist seems crazy, but there is a reason for every single element. Okay, your arms go in. I'm going to go behind you. I'm going to take off this. Okay. Back is fastened. Yeah, at this stage, it's not science fiction yet. You have to be put into a suit. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are suits that you can get in yourself. And in Apollo, they, the lunar walkers, they did help each other. 
get into their suits anymore. I'm good thing. Um, but we're still not there, you know, like in the movies, they whip it on and they're ready to go. That's a that's a great goal, but we're not there. Yeah. Alrighty. Put on communications cap, making sure it is snug and comfortable. For flying suits or for suits that are using 100% oxygen inside, we're going to give you air today, but there's O2. We often use 100% O2 because of the flying suit. This is everything inside will be flame proof. Mm -hmm. And these materials will be replaced with flame proof. But again, this is a training suit just for air. So this cap is going to go on to you. You've got one comm here, so there's a speaker in your ear, there's your mic. And we're just going to plug this radio and just sort of dangle it around your neck. And we're going to put it under the setting Vox, which is when you speak, it transmits. Mm -hmm. That almost never works. <laughs> you bump it and, and it starts transmitting. Or the air is blowing in too hard and it's transmitting. It's a beginning. Uh, we'll see how it works today. Yeah. All right. It's going to work today. You can feel free to adjust my hair if you need to. Okay. Uh, thanks, Julia. I agree. It's going to work today. Yeah. It's going to work today. <laughs> This, this step can take quite a while if you really want to dial it in. Everybody's head and hair and preferences for yeah. how tight it should be are very different. Yeah. So the headpiece is typically a very personal piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. It's not like uh, something that would be commonly switched out, yeah. I think. Yeah, in other words, yeah, each person that, gets the I, right I think, one yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. Because, I mean, Joseph has such fluffy hair. I don't even have the one with the most hair in the room. Very <laughs> going ahead. Ensure no wires or other obstructions hang over neck ring. Ensure no wires or other obstructions are hanging over the neck ring. That's done. Ensure suited person can reach thigh valve. Okay. Gas comes in mm -hmm. to a port on the side of your helmet. Mm -hmm. Okay. It goes out of the suit only in two places. Mm -hmm. One is the valve that's on the side of the helmet, and I'll show it to you. Mm -hmm. Another one is this thigh valve. Okay. The uh, prospect of the suit losing pressure in space almost never happens. The much bigger danger is an overpressure. Mm -hmm. Gas is coming in. Your valves, for some reason, are closed. It's going to be a matter of seconds before the suit bursts. Mm -hmm. So overpressure is way more dangerous, or way more likely to be a danger. Mm -hmm. So you always want to be conscious that your hand is near your the emergency overpressure release valve, which is that one. Okay. I always know that it's right around here somewhere. Mm -hmm. And whatever I'm doing, I'm always conscious that that's my safety. Yep. So you can see that the valve handle mm -hmm. is in line with the valve that's open and that tip up is closed. As it inflates, it becomes harder to reach that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, right now, we have ensured that the valve is open, and when we did the inspection earlier, we made sure that the valve is actually functional. Okay. So why is that um, something that he has to do manually? That's like an emergency override. There is a pressure relief there function, also, right? There are also automatic overpressure valves that will open at a certain pressure mm -hmm. if you're unconscious so the suit doesn't right. burst. But you also want the ability to manually Manual. do it. Just, just in case. Yeah. Okay. All right. That one is done. Fashion pressure gauge to left gauntlet. So our pressure gauge is reading in millimeters of mercury. Engineers, of course, worldwide have all mm -hmm. kinds of different 
yeah. units that they like. We're using millimeters of mercury. Our training pressure today is going to be in the range of 1 PSI, which is about 52 millimeters of mercury. Okay. We might go up, but if you go above 100, mm -hmm. We don't want it that high. Those suits aren't built for 2 PSI. We've tested them to that because mm -hmm. I want to ship them a suit that yep. is working on a very used, uh, on a pressure that's well below its testing mm -hmm. pressure. Right. And we might push it a little so that you get a feeling of, you know, higher than one. Yeah. But you want to be in the, uh, uh, on the order of 50 to 100 PSI. Got it. Uh, sorry. Milligrams of mercury. 50 to 100 Yeah, and we're going to plug this into a cord or a, a line that comes off your helmet in just a few minutes. All right. Ensure BG supply is on and delivering appropriate flow. Okay, so BG is breathing gas. Sometimes it's oxygen. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's air from a pressurized cylinder. For various reasons today, we're using air from a, so room air from this uh, uh, compressor. So it's compressing the air from any room and delivering it straight to you. And it's picking it up back here, and I'm making sure that, that pickup hose isn't down in some gasoline fumes or something like that. We always look at it to see. Right. And sometimes we even put it outside because it's a nice low CO2 number outside. Okay. Fasten BG supply hose to helmet, BG delivery swivel fitting. Yeah, so I'm going to fasten the very quickly, guys, we're going to look at uh, Eric's CO2 when he's in the suit, and we're going to compare it to the room CO2, which we'll see coming up here in just a couple minutes when it, when it stays. just coming at me. The radio was humming at me okay. for some reason, but we're good. So as I mentioned, you get gas coming in, uh -huh. one uh, port only, that's a swivel uh -huh. valve, and then it goes out this one, and it goes out the leg. Uh -huh. And to increase your suit pressure, we start, slowly start closing those, uh -huh. but we never have them both fully closed. You would be moments from an overpressure uh -huh. explosion of the suit, unless the overpressure valve did its job. Yeah. Okay. The air flows in, and it flows through this hose, which has little holes in it, and those are spraying the air straight down the visor and preventing fog. And it's quite effective. And I'm going to turn this on now and put it on your helmet, but I'm not going to lock it on. I'm just going to put it over your head just so that you get accustomed to the feeling. Some people, I don't think it's going to be you, some people get claustrophobic and they're like, that's the end of the thing for me. <laughs> Yep. I'm going to start the compressor. Ensure helmet valve is in the open position. The helmet valve is in the open position. We we'll begin the suit up with all valves open. Air is closed. Then we'll slowly close it and bring up the pressure. I'm going to pop this on as a technician just because I want to feel the flow and make sure it feels right. Try to get over your earmuffs. Don't forget, you've got a bun back there. Yep. Okay. And we're not locking it. I'm just going to sit it there for a second. And you can step back this way a little bit. There you go. So occasionally I'll check and I'll make this face 
And I want to know if you're feeling like muggy or, or feeling confused. But if I go like this, tell me if you're feeling that way. I go like this, or I go like this. Yeah, this is good, this is good, yeah. but this is like, oh, what's going on? Or means I got a problem. This is stop. Right. This is stop and you just do it yourself because I'm going to largely close this, actually close it entirely, and then we're going to close this a little bit, and that's going to raise your pressure. That's the only way that the gas gets out. But at any moment, if you want to take the pressure down, you open that valve. Are you uh, comfortable with us to lock the helmet now? Okay. Yes. It's confirmed. Align helmet ring index marks. Observe inflation of suits and rise in seat pressure in 70 mercury millimeters. No millimeters of mercury. Thank you. All right, go ahead. So surreal. <laughs> Wait. Well, my first thought is that space is the most noble of pursuits, and the balloon is the most whimsical of shapes. <laughs> I was really impressed. It was surprisingly mobile. Like, it was definitely weird and different. You know, there's like a limited range of motion. I think probably mostly because of straps to give you that sort of normal, you know, kind of resting position. But I felt pretty, you know, 
pretty capable and mobile the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you were quite pliant. Yeah. I mean, you were puffed up like this ridiculously yeah. over, <laughs> no, overbuilt, yeah. you know, bodybuilder, but yeah. <laughs> so I mean, more so than usual. Yeah. <laughs> so how does it feel to have spent half an hour in space? It feels great. I want to do it in the third G now. <laughs> that's what we'll really Yeah, that's right. That'd be really good. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to pull your cap. Yeah, thank you. Step outside, you get to do the steps a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's like a little different, yeah, than just walking on a flat surface. Right. Yeah. But well, not that hard. You know, I guess it, you we were about one PSI when we were going down there, you know, maybe around 50 milligrams of mercury. And it was totally doable. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, we did get up to around yeah, 80 for a little bit, and I could feel mm -hmm. the difference for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were definitely close to two mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning. Yeah, when I was yeah. I was like, well, let's look. Yeah. Oops, it has, that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. But, now, your CO2 is definitely elevated compared to the room, but we were around 1,100 just inside. So how did it feel? Did you notice any difference in your nope. uh, attention? No. Or Would you wipe the sweat off of my eyes, someone? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I didn't feel lightheaded or dizzy or anything like that. Good. It was... Um, yeah, Cameron said that you can easily tolerate a couple thousand, and yeah. it's not a not a problem. Yeah. So uh, again, U.S. Navy submarine allows eight thousand parts per million. I, I'm Thank good. you. Good. Yeah, I'm good. Trust I'm good. me, yeah. I, I know. Yeah, I, I didn't feel yeah dizzy, lightheaded, under aired, anything like that. So you were at roughly two thousand parts per million. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The room here is at a thousand, so you're twice that. Twice right? that. Yeah. And you know, f for this training suit. Uh, uh, that's a perfectly good number. You could yeah. do, you could do that for you know an hour or two. Mm -hmm. But as yeah. you can see, even one psi is a whole new world to learn. Yeah. Now that's from three point five. Right. Mm -hmm. Imagine an orbital pressure four seven uh, four point three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is more. Yeah. It's it's it's. I think at that pressure and like especially close to two psi, you're kind of skirting this this kind of barrier where you're wearing a weird suit versus you're in a in. weird environment and trying to use it, yeah. you know, as you can. And it was like, it felt like normal mobility that was very limited, but I can imagine just a little bit more and it would, it would all of a sudden be, okay, this is suit mobility and I'm working with the tool. And exactly. That's the really, I think of it now is that yeah. at high pressure, you kind of have to live to work with its yeah. It's yeah. Uh, constraints. It constraints yeah. And that's okay, but it's just, you have to, it's something that they have to learn how to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't expect that it's going to be perfectly comfortable and it's going to allow you, you know, to do what you yeah. do in normal yeah. life. You have to become accustomed to, okay, I'm constrained. Mm -hmm. But then the question becomes, well, what can I do with it? Mm -hmm. And there are some things you can do better with it than without it. For example, we didn't have you jump much. But we've discovered at higher pressure, if you're like this and you're trying to get up, because of the higher pressure, it wants you to be vertical. Yeah. And just a little mm. push like this and you spring up. Yeah. Okay. Then there's an advantage, right? Mm -hmm. You can feel good like I've got that's something going for me instead yeah. of something I'm fighting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you try and find as many of those things as you can, and then you become comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I think also mapping where you're going to get fatigued. Mm -hmm. Where you know what's an effort to stay positioned and yeah. getting up. So, yeah. like, you're not going to be as intimidated getting down as many times if you know you've got that. If you know it's easy to get up. It's going to give yeah. you a lift for it. Yeah. 
You feel really tough, like, you can knock out mm-hmm. a lot of push-ups. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was thinking about that. Like, this position here, kind of almost sitting in the suit, was really comfortable and relaxing in a way. And it's like kind of took a little pressure off my shoulders and the suit has enough rigidity that it's, it's holding you up. It's right? kind of holds it's you up. You up. So, you know, like I can rest a little bit like that. <laughs> the suit itself is kind of holding yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. instead of fighting it, you know, right. it's like, okay, we'll just sit here and um, yeah. type out the consulted <laughs> complete works of shit. <laughs> floor. Okay. All right. Yay! Hey, we did it. First time in a suit. Yeah, I'll be next. <laughs> yeah, Yay! Sure. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah, uh, Eric, maybe I can ask you, so uh, what was it like being in one of these suits? It was their first time, right, actually being in a pressurized... Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a really cool experience. It's just like one sort of glimpse of what it's like to be an astronaut and, and you know, living living in space. You know, of course, I was protected by the fact that I'm still in Earth's atmosphere, so if something, you know, happened, nothing, of course, did, but, you know, I, I would still be able to breathe. But it was neat. We, we pressurized it up to, um, I think it was seven PSI relative to the external pressure. So not, excuse me, not quite a, a differential of, of one atmosphere, but um, it was really interesting, kind of difficult to move. You can see in one of those pictures, um, yeah, kneeling down is, you know, a bit of an exercise possible, but, um, you know, you have this, this suit that's kind of ballooned up around you that, you know, those joints, if you didn't do anything, you, your arms would be kind of sticking out like a balloon. And so like even these things you take for granted, like, you know, bending over to pick up a, a sample of a Mars rock from the ground is, you know, something you kind of have to give thought to and, and think about how you're moving around. And um, But, you know, a super interesting experience, really, you know, cool to kind of get a glimpse of what that's like and what the training is going to be like. And, you know, this is, you know, you know, very clearly going to be an important part of life for humans, you know, outside of Earth's atmosphere. So um, I really enjoyed it. And then, you know, and again, you know, I've said it before, but uh, Cameron, thank you so much for that experience. It was really, really neat. Came up with some of the favorite, my favorite pictures that have ever been taken of me, of course, but I'm a <laughs> nerd, so. <laughs> yeah. So far. Well, yeah. thanks, thanks for coming by. My, for me, it's, it's a great, it's a lot of fun making them, designing them, and building them, fabricating them every step from you know one every stitch, every part I'm fabricating. But really, what's most enjoyable now is watching other people use them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've just uh, recently counted it up. I've logged about 300 hours wearing these things, wow. and it's great. It's still a great adventure every time. But it's also a great joy to watch other people use them and, and see how people sort of. Uh, you know, uh, learn, okay, this isn't like anything else. Yeah. And I have to learn a new way of doing things. Yeah. And you guys worn thick welding gloves before, and these are thick gloves, but I've never worn welding gloves that are pressurized, you know, in relationship to my surroundings. And it's very different and, and very interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I think that's all the time we have today, but Cameron, thank you so much for joining us. I really love the conversation and, uh, you know, looking forward to, to keeping that up as we look at these other aspects uh, and as, you know, we all grow in the, in the industry together. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, to everyone who's listening or watching, um, uh, as you know, we're on YouTube here, uh, but you can also listen to this uh, on, a, on all your podcast hosts. Um, so we really appreciate you joining us as well. Hopefully you found this conversation interesting. And uh, if you want to join the conversation, of course, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channels and get notifications of when we're doing live recordings and you can hop on live and ask questions. And uh, you can also just uh, reach out to us. We're on Twitter at Our Future Space and Facebook at Our Future In Space. And uh, of course, just you can uh, always send us an email or uh, Our Future In Space at orbitalassembly.com. So thank you for listening. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, great questions. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. It was, it was it's a pleasure. our pleasure. All right. And I was just going to say, if, uh, if folks listening are interested in uh, finding out ways to help Orbital Assembly reach uh, its uh, aspirations in other ways, feel free to reach out to info at orbitalassembly.com for more information. Thank you once again, Dr. Smith. And until next time, take care, everybody. This program represents the personal opinions of the hosts and their guests. The content, opinions, and views do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Orbital Assembly nor the organizations with which any of the program participants may be affiliated. The mere appearance or promotion of this program does not constitute an endorsement by Orbital Assembly or its affiliates. Our Future in Space. Copyright Orbital Assembly. Hosts Dr. Jeff Greenblatt and Eric Ward. Audio and video production by Tim Alatori. Musical theme, The Last Day by Dark Blue Studio.